0: Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast. I am your host, David Perret. Don't forget it, Alex. And Alex is the co-host, despite what he says on social media all the time, where somehow I end up co-hosting my own freaking show for Alex. I don't know what's going on. Jin is... Oh, this is going to be fun for me. So Jin, for those of you who followed social media from the very beginning, Jin has been there. Uh genuinely like from the be- there are there are videos on youtube from before i even had a thousand subscribers of like jen and i jumping in a car and driving around at garage sales and driving for dollars and looking for houses in hawaii and he was one of the originals at the meetup i used to host in hawaii which he's trying to revive right now and yep. uh it just cool dude he he was in the marine corps when i was in the marine corps in am yeah i guess i can say that now almost um <laughs> we, we worked together out in Hawaii a little bit, and uh, we crossed paths a decent amount, got connected at the meetups, and just became good friends. And so uh, he's actually back in Hawaii now as a veteran working for uh, another job and investing long distance from Hawaii. And it's just been a lot of fun. And this is just... It's always fun when you get to interview another friend. So, Jin, welcome to the show and tell the uh, audience a little bit about your story. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle one, you're cleared to depart friendly lines. Run! Roger, Vic 1, Oscar Mike. Hey guys, I want to interrupt this episode for just 1 minute to bring you a message from our sponsor for this episode, Rentometer. Now, whether you already have an established rental business or you're analyzing your first deal, knowing the correct rental income is absolutely crucial to lowering investment risk and optimizing your rental income. That's why Our go-to source for rental data is Rentometer. Real estate professionals rely on Rentometer because it's the fastest and easiest way to access quality rental data throughout the US. Now don't take our word for it. Rentometer provides over 500,000 rent reports every single month and gets rave reviews from its customers. In fact, when I first became a real estate investor, Rentometer saved me $100 a month on my first property, which would pay for the entire Rentometer membership. If you paid for the membership right off the bat, they have a free option to give it a trial. I use Rentometer Pro. It's absolutely worth your time. I still use it to verify my rent when I'm analyzing properties and it saved me or rather earned me extra thousands of dollars over the last few years in rental income. And I absolutely recommend that you give it a shot. So go to rentometer.com today to start your free seven day trial and grow your rental business smarter with Rentometer or click the link down in the show notes and that'll take you right there. Now let's dig into this show.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for having me. It's it's great to be here. And like you said, it's it's great because it's almost like the OG moment, right? Back in the day, um, you were telling me you're gonna start this YouTube channel and, and doing all this stuff. And I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. You know, I, I remember one of the first videos we recorded, it was on your back patio, remember that? I don't even remember what we were talking about. But we had you know, my kid I, you,
0: running around and you were yeah, trying to teach me yeah. how to focus on somebody who was moving with the camera. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And it was just like, I brought my camera, you had yours. And we just sat there talking about driving for dollars, actually. Right. We were talking about driving for dollars. So
0: I haven't gotten any better with the camera since then.
1: <laughs> just, paid, <laughs> just paid for autofocus. <laughs> there you go. I mean, but yeah, no, it, it, it was it was a lot of good times. Right. That's, that was like the, uh, honestly, that was my beginning of, of real estate. Right. We were both active duty um, I knew I wanted to do something in real estate and I, I was kind of flailing. Right. And, um, I don't know. I I just was going to meetups. I was talking to people, um, in Hawaii, everyone flips. That's just what people do. Right. And so I remember just looking around at all the people, all the people at the networking events. They're like, yeah, I'm a flipper. Yeah, I'm a flipper. I'm, a flipper. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm flipping. I'm going to go flip houses now because everyone else is doing it. Right. And so I kind of, kind of tried, you know, I, I, looked at listings and, and ran my numbers, but I didn't know exactly what I was doing. And, you know, just kind of daydreamed, right. About, about flipping houses and stuff. And, um, through my networking, I, you know, I, I met some people, right. Corey Nomoto is one of them. And, um, a lot of other high profile flippers, even here today, right. They're still actively flipping. Um, and they all went through a, some sort of mentorship course. Right. And so I was like, well, if, if they have great results, I might as well sign up too. Because I obviously I look at myself and um, didn't see any great results, right? So um, I went ahead and signed up for it. And that's when things kind of took off, right? Um, I learned a lot of the, the internal processes, if you will, like how everything works, how to run your numbers accurately. Um, I had access to a huge network, right? Once I participated in this, this mentorship. And um, you know, I hit the ground running, and I dragged you along. Well, I guess you dragged. We both dragged each other along, if you will. You know, we were driving for dollars, and you know, door knocking. Even like I wouldn't have. I never would have door knocked in my life if you weren't there with me. Some creepy and houses. Exactly. We had some creepy houses, and you know, people were like get off my property. You know, and you know, it's a, it's a good time, and you know, it's it's something that in the beginning everyone needs to go through the The bad stuff like that. I think that's what everyone has that origin story, if you will, of like door knocking and driving for dollars and whatnot. Um, and through that, um, I eventually found one wholesale deal, right? Um, I didn't have that much time left on island after I did that mentorship program, and I actually got out and moved back to Virginia, where I'm from. And um, I was like, well i can't I can't flip houses in Hawaii anymore. Well, at least in my mind, I didn't think I could. So I pivoted, right? I pivoted to rentals. I was like, well, I'm I'm at I'm in Virginia. I've got this W-2 job, right? And um I'm gonna go ahead and just try and do rentals. And so I kind of pivoted and went into maybe buying a turnkey or doing this, doing that. Um, you know, to try to buy locally in Virginia and stuff like that. Again, flailing. You know, I was doing all the right things, networking, I was educating myself and things like that. And it wasn't until I reached out to someone who was buying rentals, right. Doing exactly what I wanted to do. And I was like, Hey man, so um, I'm thinking about buying a turnkey. And he just about reached through the phone and and smacked me across the head because he hates turnkey, right. Do not do turnkey. If you're going to be an investor, I was like, okay, cool. He's like, why don't you come invest with me in Kansas city, Missouri? And so I was like, sure. Sure. Cause I can see him. Right. And, um, he's, uh, CJ Calio, right. Of WNN properties. He, um, is very successful with investing in Kansas city using the Burr strategy and, and things like that. And so I knew this was the right person to, to learn from. Right. And, um, we kind of traded services, if you will. I built his new website. I did a lot of photo for him back when I was still in Hawaii. Um, and today I'm, I'm helping out with, with marketing things, making videos and whatnot. And so we kind of like trade services in exchange for my... I can have access to him and 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 pick his brain whenever I want to. And it wasn't until I found someone to mentor me again that I started gaining some incredible traction, right? So um, from there, I bought my first one last year. And then this year, I'm in two at the same time. And I'm looking for eight more. And I, I wouldn't be here today, right? If I didn't have that mentorship, right? If I didn't have someone basically keeping me accountable and kind of like keeping me on, like I, I'm always like, oh, look at this flip. And he's like, no, <laughs> burrs, rentals, focus, right? And just having someone to, to be like that, it's, it's so good, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my story. Like I went from flipping to, to rentals and um, here I am today. <laughs> my favorite thing about that whole story
2: was that you basically said, I attribute most of my sex, success to meeting the right people, All of the, the right sex. mentors. And yet, somehow still, when you were with David, you carried him along. <laughs> hey!
0: <laughs> Alex didn't actually listen to anything else you said. As soon as you said something about, you know, helping me, he was like, oh. That's all I needed. So, uh, yeah, I like CJ. We used to, uh, I only think I, I think I only made it once or twice, but he used to host a, uh, I'm sure he still does, a meetup in the, at the time it was in the FedEx. He asked where he worked, if he could host a meetup in his office after hours. And uh, he hosted a pretty cool little meetup on the other side of the island. We used to go over there. Um, good people.
1: Yeah, they're great. And it was UPS, actually. Um, I think Aww. he would uh, be a little upset if he said that, you know, his biggest competitor, but, um, you know.
0: <laughs> i mean he they quit had, anyway yeah. once he once he replaced his income so yeah i mean you, he, me as question.
2: yeah um kind of i'm just kind of intrigued because you 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 see all these people flipping houses and you get excited about it which mm-hmm. it sounds like i don't want to put words in your mouth but it sounds like you got excited about it or you 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 kind of assume that's what you had to do because that's what everybody was doing yes um uh, which is which is not a good way to invest i agree like that's not a And so you kind of left that and now you're looking at and then you went to turnkey, which I agree is a horrible, um, not horrible. It's, it's useful for a small subset of investors. Most people would be better off, um, buying and rehabbing and burring most people, most investors, most people who anyways, um, so you got off that and you start looking at rentals, but then you, sometimes you look at flips and you, and now you've been doing this a little while. So why are you still, um, What's the goal? Why do why why does Burr
1: fit your goal so much better than flips? Man, that's a good question, right? And um, it all boils down to my why, right? Like, why am I doing this? Why am I going through all this? um, You know, all the little things that come with investing, right? Especially out of state, um, dealing with like the day to day BS, and I just knew from the beginning that you know, having just a job, right the military doesn't pay much from the first place. Right. So it was even stronger back then. No, (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then when I got out, you know, I'm, I'm now a government contractor, right. And I'm doing cybersecurity. So I'm making good money now, but even then, I know that it's not enough to, to support my family. Right. And, um, if you couldn't tell, I am not, um, born here. I was actually born in South Korea. And so we actually immigrated to America. and I can't um, tell that just by looking at you. I just
2: want to let you know <laughs> that that's not how that works. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. This so show does born not. In South Korea.
0: We do not support Asian hate or Asian whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it does. It sounds we like, Jin like we do Jin not does, discrim- We do not. <laughs> just want
1: to
2: put that out there.
0: <laughs> My bad. You're, you're you're absolutely right. I just but, have um, to segue that Jin was actually a Chinese linguist in the Marine Corps, which I thought was hilarious when I realized yep. he was from Korea and the Marine Corps mm-hmm. was like Chinese. That's yep. the language you should. That's no. That, in. <laughs>
1: I've told you the story, right? That's side note. Like this is exactly how it happened. I had orders for Korean. I show up, I'm checking into the language school, and the gunny that's over there that's checking me in, he goes, Lim, are you Korean? I said, Yes, gunny. Fuck you, Chinese. And he rips my orders and he no shit like types up a new thing on the computer and just prints it out. He's like, Congratulations, you're a Chinese linguist. I was like, Thanks, you know? And so, um, <laughs> anyways, that's that story, how I became a <laughs> a mandarin chinese linguist as a and F- marines really Marine. have their stuff together it sounds like. yeah that's good. right it's that's good just stuff. it is what it is but <laughs> um what were we talking about
2: oh um, um, my we were right. talking about your why the most important yeah. thing in your life that's what we were talking about before <laughs> david derailed it with his nonsense and you re- derailed it with your i don't want xenophobia i don't know what you're doing <laughs>
1: <laughs> my bad my bad yeah, so okay um, no, so to preface
0: like, you weren't born here <laughs>
1: Yes. I wasn't born here. We immigrated here. And I remember my early on, right. Um, just not having much. Right. And growing up, my dad has always been an entrepreneur, always working, working like 80 hour weeks, even to this day, he's working like the way he is, he what he does. Um, even though he doesn't have to, it's just ingrained in him. Right. Um, and with that being said, like He's going to live that traditional Asian lifestyle that when he retires, when he quits working, he's going to rely on his kids to, to basically support him. And so there is no retirement account, right? There's nothing to cushion him other than maybe like the social security. Right. And so when I look at when that happens, I can support myself today, maybe a significant other, right. Maybe another child. Um. But if I were to, if I had to add my parents into that, there's, I mean, my, my, I could, right. I would just have to live a very super humble lifestyle, if you will. Right. It's work it's doable, but I don't want to, I don't want to live that kind of life. So I saw real estate as a way to grow my wealth, right. Further than what is, you know, the typical W2 person would do. Right. And so at the same time, I feel like as an immigrant family, you know, my, my parents came here, they risked everything, right. Leaving their home country and they came here and they set this foundation for the next generation, for me and my, my brother and my sister. And so for me, if I were just like live life and not do anything to further improve my life or my, my family's wealth, if you will, then I'm just kind of wasted my, that foundation, right. That my parents had set. So this is also another thing that I look at. I'm like, hey, I need to build upon this. I need to do more than what um, a normal person would do and just go to work, retire, and then die, right? And so um, that's my why. I want to support my family, not just my my me, myself, my significant other, and my future generations, but I, I, I need to take care of my parents, right? And so my biggest why is that, taking care of family. And so I saw what people were doing in Hawaii and it's glamorous, right? People are making over $100,000 per flip and you're like, man, that's amazing. You know, people flipping 10 houses uh, a year, making a million bucks. And you're just like, man, I want to do that, right? So naturally I, I was going towards that just because I was surrounded by it here in Hawaii. And then when I left, when I left Hawaii, I was no longer surrounded by flippers. I was surrounded by... People who are doing buying, buy and hold, people who are still flipping, people who are wholesaling, right? And so from there, I just kind of like listened to what other people were doing. I knew what rentals and buy and hold was, right? And what it brings. But it wasn't till I was sitting in a meetup over in Virginia, listening to someone, how they went from buying their first house, moved and then kept it, bought the next one, rented it out, bought the next one, rented it out, whatever, right? And they're they're now at this point where they're just, they can just chill. For the rest of their lives, and, and it's generational at that point, right? Because we all know active like flipping is active; you need to do it in order to make money. Whereas rental is passive. Once you once it's set, it's pretty much almost hands free, right? So that's why I pivoted more towards rentals because I now I saw like okay, if I want to create generational wealth, then this is what I need to do, not flipping, right? And so to answer your question, Alex, I went from flipping to to rentals based off my why, like I need to support my family and how can I best do that is to build generational wealth through rentals. So here I am today. Dude, I love this story because I
2: relate to it so much, not because I don't have any family really, um, my parents, but, um, what I find to be so interesting, if I could kind of take a pragmatic, like overlay of what you said versus what a lot of people in the world do, which is, you know, they live week to week, they live month to month. And you know, you say it's for my family, but in my, if I could take it from like maybe a different direction, because I think it's the same thing. It's like, you looked at the world and said, well, if I just live month to month, you know, if that month to month single point of failure stops, I'm screwed. I have to have something that buys me time and keeps residual income, and which are essentially the same thing. And so you looked at the future and said, what's going to happen if, um, when my parents retire and I need to take care of them, need to have that income and i think at the core of it this is most people's real deep down real simple problem is that they're playing for next week instead of for 30 years and so your 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 why is like i have to live for 30 years and i have to take care of my family in those 30 years and other people they have the same exact problem and they just go but i'm only they just don't think about it they only think about next week and i don't mean to oversimplify i'm just trying to show it from a different perspective but i just love that because That's when everything clicked for me is when I just everything in my life started working much better when I was like, I'm stopped. I'm just, I don't care about this weekend or rather this month or the next paycheck. I just don't care. I don't even care about the next six months. I don't even think about it. I care about 10 years. I care about 30 years and I only work towards those goals. Certainly I I build them into one to six month, um, you know, goal posts and I'm sure you do the same thing, but when you have that 30 year goal, I assume this is why you're like, okay, I'm not going to get distracted by the short-term FOMO, the Bitcoin mania, the flipping mania. I'm not going to get distracted by these things because as lucrative as they might be, they don't help me develop the skills to solve the 30-year problem. No, abs-
1: that's, you hit it right on the head. That was, that was perfect.
0: I think you've put yourself at a huge advantage too by acknowledging the cultural... I don't say ramifications, but the cultural fact that the way your family is that you're going to end up supporting your parents, right? And it actually, I would challenge people listening right now to think about that because people don't generally think about that if it's not a cultural thing. And the unfortunate reality is that a lot of people listening to the show may find themselves in a position where they're supporting parents. And that's something that is much better to think about when you're 25 or 30 than it is to think about when it happens. Um, and I, you know, I speak, we had, a, I had an aunt who uh, she's passed away, but she ended up in a home and she was like 40, right? And you don't see that coming, but my family, I watched my family have to take care of her and, um, <clears throat> you know, pay for the home for the last like five, six years of her life as she was uh, just, I mean, essentially in a vegetative state. Um, And that was more of an unfortunate thing, but unfortunately, there are a lot of people in the US who, whether through cultural reasons or through poor planning, do not have any retirement. Um, and so that's a really good thing that you've been able to kind of identify like, hey, I'm going to be in a spot where I'm going to need to take care of these people. Let me plan for for that, vice just myself. Uh, and I think that puts you at a huge advantage, but I also would challenge people to think about that because some of the people listening to the show may end up in that spot. And that's that's kind of a cool or a valuable goalposts to realize in advance.
2: So um,
1: turnkey sucks. Tell us why. Oh man, where where to begin? Turnkey. Okay. So uh, first of all, I'm doing the burr, right? So we are, if you, if we're, I'm sure we're all familiar with the burr, but right off the bat, turnkey, your ROI, your cash on cash return is going to suck, right? You're buying something at full market price. Someone has already priced in their profit. Right, um, and they're selling it to you as a product. And for some for a lot of people, it works, right? maybe maybe someone is just making a million bucks a year doing e-commerce, buying uh, Dogecoin, whatever, and their their time is more valuable, focused on focusing on that that income generating activity, and they want to diversify, so they just go ahead and they just dump it into some sort of asset like a, a turnkey. perfectly fine, right um for those people uh, but for me i know i can do better right i'm not i'm not making a million bucks doing something else i'm just making you know regular w2 income and if i can if i have my the time might as well why don't i put in a little bit more effort to to get a better deal right and so that's one reason the roi right on it just sucks um the second reason is that you don't know what they did right you can buy a property, you can buy a, a turnkey, and you don't know the level of detail that they went through. Like where's where, where they when they ripped up the floor? What if there was like rotting floorboards in there and they're like, oh, we'll just we'll just cover that up. Be fine, right? Um what if they found some other issue and they just yeah, just cut corners, they just covered it up. They said, it's fine, we're gonna we're going to sell it to someone else and we're going to kick the can down the road. It'll be, you know, it'll prop back up about in about a year and we can say, Oh, sorry. We, you know, that's just natural wear and tear of the house. Right. And so that's another reason why I don't like turnkey because I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of reputable companies out there, but we don't know for sure. Right. And so I'd rather do my own rehabs right on all my properties. So I know right, right. What exactly what work was done. And then lastly, we don't know that their process for putting in a tenant, right? And I've heard nightmare stories where um, this turnkey company just wanted to sell this thing as fast as they could. And they, no crap, put a homeless person in there with no income whatsoever, right? They gave them cash or whatever. And that, that person was, that homeless person just gave the cash back as rent income. And then they sold this turnkey to someone else and as soon as that other in- investor bought it, it was like they just stopped paying, right? And now you got to immediately start the the uh, the uh, what's it called eviction, the process. kicking out, yeah, the eviction process, the, the kicking out, <laughs> the out, the kicking out process, <laughs> and. You know, it's just a it's just a nightmare. Imagine like you're a brand new investor. You're like, yeah, I, I heard about this real estate real estate stuff. Looks like turnkey is the way I want to go. And then you buy something, and right off the bat, not even cash flowing. You got to go through an expensive eviction process. And then once you evict them, your property manager goes, oh, um, there's a weird rotting smell coming out from your floorboards, right? And you you, you rip it up, and you're like, okay, now we got to spend another ten grand to fix this, and so. That's like the worst case scenario, right? It's not gonna happen to everybody. Obviously, it's a very good business um structure, if you will. It's working, right? It, it, there's a target market for it. There are plenty of reputable, reputable companies out there. Um, but I've heard enough horror stories to know that you know, if I can do better, then I might as well take it upon myself. So yeah, Bro, that's why these I'm these are
2: it. all unbelievably good reasons. And my top three. Those are my those are the ones I was hoping you were going to say. There you go, read your mind. Somebody, no, (laughs) no, that's it's. I mean, you're you're. I'm going to recap, right? You're buying. Somebody else already bought the property at discount, took the equity, and sold it to retail. Um, you don't know their tenant placement. You know, it's like you're buying turnkey, but you might not get turnkey. What if they go away? What if they? You get a turnkey operation and then you get a property manager. What if that property manager changes? Well, now you're back to square one doing, learning the system yourself and you paid retail. And then what was the third one? What was the second one you listed? It was the uh, shoddy work. Yep. Shoddy work. Yeah. I don't worry so much about that one, but but it's a valid, it's a very valid concern where it's like, I mean, if you're doing out of state and you get somebody else to do the work for you, you kind of have the same problem, but at least you have a little bit more quality control where you're like, you know, it didn't, you're gonna get the inspection or you're gonna get the appraisal, right? And they're like, oh, hey, this is all messed up. And you're like, oh, okay, well, or I can fly out there and see the property or at least I have the relationship with the, with the guy. So if he's being shysty, I can tell. With a, with, a, with a house that you buy out of state, out of market and you buy a turnkey, it's like, you really don't know. Um, so uh, I love all these, all these, all. you don't get the equity. It's not really that turnkey and you don't know the house that well. I love all of these. Great answers. And to my, to my investor friends, right? It's like, if you want passive, there are better ways to invest in real estate for passivity. Buying turnkey is like the worst possible. It's not that it's not any more. It's not any more passive than doing a burr and you get none of the and you get no no benefit, no real benefits.
0: What's up guys? Hope you're enjoying the show. I wanted to stop for just a few seconds to talk once more about Rentometer. And no, they did not sponsor the second ad. This is a mid-roll ad. They sponsored the beginning of the show, but I believe in Rentometer enough that I wanted to just poke my head in here and reiterate that you guys should give it a shot. It's a seven-day free trial. This will absolutely save you money by helping you get greater rents on a property or helping you avoid from trying to ask for too much in rent and sitting vacant forever, which can be almost as costly, if not worse. So I absolutely recommend that you go try Rentometer for free at rentometer.com or the link down in the show notes and give them a shot. You absolutely can't lose with a free trial that will literally make you thousands of dollars on your rentals. Now back to the episode. There are some okay turnkey companies out there. We're bashing them. It can be an okay situation, right? Like Stu and Dave run Storehouse 310 Ventures they guarantee their work for a year. They were, you know, so there, there are options. It can be a good fit for you, depending on your strategy. But, but I fully, under, I fully agree that if you have the ability to do your own stuff or like th- there are other options out there that can be great, especially for, as a, as a newer investor.
2: <clears throat> there are plenty of good operators out there. Stu and David are obviously, you know, friends of ours and fantastic human beings. And, um, and then there are the Clayton Morris's who do the exact same thing on the yeah. opposite side of the scale. Um, the point I think Jin is making is not that you shouldn't, I don't think the main point he's making is that you shouldn't trust the turnkey operators. It's that you just don't, you can inherently can't know you don't have control. And so it's like, if you're going to give up control, I want to, if I'm going to give up control, I want a lot more passivity, a lot more. I'm going to be a LP in a multifamily deal. I'm going to buy a REIT. Right. Or, I mean, you know, take the extra, if you're going to go through all the work, take the extra, um, responsibility and buy it at a discount, get the rehab done and get, you know, my burrs I have now, well, since the market's gone up, I'm 50% equity in my portfolio. Now, if I had bought retail, I'd be at 75, 80% LTV now with the market going up. So, you know, I just, that's so much money just for the exact, you have one extra step. I bought a place out of state. I found the place. I hired a rehab company. Then I hired a property manager. The difference is you find a turnkey operator, you're still going to do the research on the property because you want to make sure you're going to do your due diligence. You're still going to, you still have to deal with a property manager from here on out. It's not that much more work and it's a lot more money and it's a lot more control.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like, that, that was such a good point that you said, Alex, like if you wanted passive, pass, passive, pacificity. Yep. That's what <laughs> you I said. Passiveness, right? In your investments. Um, there are so many better options that, that, that was, that hits the nail on the head. Like it's just, yeah, that's perfect. Like if you want passive income, don't, don't give, don't buy yourself a, a problem, a potential problem, right? Go into a re go into a, a LLP, you know, some sort of syndication, let them deal with all of that. And you just sit, you truly just sit back and, you know, collect your checks. So yeah, I really like that point. That was, that was a new, um, Counterpoint that I really enjoyed. I, I'm going to use that from now on too. Now, let me, let me defend. I'm sorry, dude.
2: I'll let you talk in a moment. Let <laughs> me defend. Let me, <laughs> let me defend turnkey. You know who turn, turnkey is actually good for? It's somebody who wants to get into real estate investing and, you know, wants to try it for their first shot, right? I don't know the market. I need to build a team. I need to learn this market. I need to learn the process. I need to take a little bit of the risk off my, uh, off my plate. So for the first one, I'm going to go out of state. I'm going to buy in Kansas City. I'm going to get a turnkey operator to get me that property. So now maybe the deal isn't the best, but now I have one. I have the experience. I have a team starting to be built. I have an understanding of how this works. I, I'm starting to meet contractors and vendors. I'm networking out there. I fly out there, all these things. Well, maybe now I can go off there and get one on my own. So a turnkey operator does... It gets you in the door. I like
0: it in that regard. All right. So now... speak. Why <laughs> the burst strategy?
1: yeah so the burr strategy is um why I do it is because I like it I've, it makes me feel like it has a bit of everything. you know what I mean, remember when we're talking about flipping, it's glamorous, like the you know the before and afters showing like, oh, I bought this thing for ten dollars and now it's worth one million you know, and so um you have that in the burr. you still have the glamorous part of it where you bought something, you fixed it up, and now it looks amazing, right you're just not collecting the the profits right off the bat. You're just, you're building your wealth right over, over many, many years. And so, um, another thing about that is when you, when you're doing the burst strategy, a lot of people don't want to do that work. Right. Um, it's just, it's just another barrier, if you will, uh, for some people who'd rather just buy a turnkey, right. Cause they want to get their, like what you just said, Alex, they want to get their foot in the door into a market and kind of learn the ropes, if you will. Right. And so, um, you're able to buy these properties obviously, right. Cause you're competing against other flippers and whatnot, but you're buying these properties and, um, you're, you're putting in the work to, to really get to capture a lot of the equity, right. Right off the bat. And so that's one of the main reasons, right. We, I don't want to buy turnkey because it's not, it's just the ROI sucks. Right. In my opinion. If I put in a little bit of legwork, then I can capture a lot of that equity um, and and just have a stronger portfolio, right? Right off the bat, rather than um, hoping for appreciation or or just debt pay down by my tenants or something over 30 years. So that's yeah, that's my reasons why I'm doing burr.
0: Over turnkey. Does that answer your question? It does. and then how are you uh obviously you're in hawaii and these are in kansas city so talk to me a little bit about your team and kind of some of the processes and what you had to be able to set up in order to start doing this from a long distance and also across an ocean and four hours behind and um whatever else i can come up with
1: yeah um i kind of just stumbled through it right but i think What I touched on earlier, right, was having, finding someone who was doing exactly what I wanted to do was key, right? Because it shortcut me through all of the potential pitfalls, all the mistakes I could have made um, along the way, right? And so when I linked up with CJ, he's been in that market for six, seven, eight years. I don't even know. He's been in the market for a while. um, And his entire, him and his wife, they're financially free. Right. And he's doing exactly where I, what I want to do in that he's supporting his parents and supporting his kids. And now he's created this generational wealth that his kids can pass on to their kids who can pass on to their kids. Right. And so he's, he's, he literally has done what I want to do, which is why I turned to him and said, I want to do Reynolds. Right. And so you basically leveraging him and his time, his experience, his network is what allowed me to really accelerate my, my own growth, if you will. Right. And so, um, dealing with like teams and stuff. I mean, yeah, I I interviewed some realtors. Yeah. I talked to some general contractors. Yeah. I talked to some lenders and, and property managers and stuff like that, but there's nothing better to just be like, Hey man, so uh, who do you use for your general con? Oh, okay, cool. Who do you use for your property manager? Oh, they manage your entire portfolio. Great. Let me just use them. Right. And so, um, that, you know, that handling that network part, right. The boots on the ground, if you will, I can just lean on my mentor. Right. And, and just tap into their network. Um, dealing with like the other stuff, right. The time zone differences and stuff like that. Uh, it is, what it is. Right. Um, I had to wake up at the butt crack of dawn one morning for closing to make sure that my wire went through and that they had all the paperwork, right? I had to no crap, like sign papers with blue ink and then have it notarized, put it into a freaking UPS envelope like two days before. Cause there's no one day shipping out of Hawaii, yeah. by the way. Um, so you have to you know, put it in the envelope and then like, I would call them first thing in the morning. Like, did you get the package? Yes, we got the package. Okay. Did you get the wire? Yes. I was like, are we closing today? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm going back to sleep now. Um, (laughs) but like, that's just, uh, you just gonna have to do that. There's no, there's no way around it. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean like investing out of state, it's not, it is a mental thing, right? Um, some people want to see it. They want to touch it. They want to lick it, whatever. Um, but for me, I guess, I mean, David Green has a, a very good point in his book, right. In his out of state investing. Um, and that's if you were to walk through a property, would you be able to point out all the issues with that property better than a property inspector? Probably not. Would you be able to calculate the rehab amount better than a drunk general, general contractor? Probably not, right? so why why do you have to go look at it? Why not send the professionals to go and do it? Because they're going to do it right, and they're going to do it faster, more efficiently. More accurately, right? They're just gonna do way better than the way you can. There's no reason for me to go to that state to go even look at my properties. And I don't, I don't honestly don't even plan on going to Kansas City if unless I'm doing like a much bigger commercial deal, then yeah, maybe I'll go. Um, but for right now, my single family rentals, I don't plan on ever checking them out. So um, yeah, dealing with out of state stuff, it's fine, right? I got my boots on the ground thanks to my mentors' network that I kind of slip myself into and um everything else is handled right and so yeah does that answer your question so i used to
2: say um for out of state because i, I kind of grew my portfolio out of state before i moved back here and people would say well what you know what are you gonna do if the tenants don't pay and i'm like well if the tenants don't pay it's not like i can drive if i live there it's not like i can drive down there and shake them down i'm not gonna knock on the door and choke them till they pay me right it's like I, i'm gonna send i gotta send the, the sheriff i gotta go to court anyways so my property manager is going to do that. And it's going to cost me. I know I get the muscles, right? Yeah, they're, they're going to be terrified of me in my pink <laughs> shirt. So um, I, I, my property manager is going to do this. and He's going to do it for 150 bucks, and then I don't have to think about it. And it doesn't happen that often, anyways. But yeah, I love that, right? It's like, what do you? What difference is it going to make if you're going to be there? You're not going to have to do anything different. You know, you're going to hire somebody. Just hire them from afar. Um, and then to your next point about multifamily, you know, I bought my 24-unit long distance. I bought that. Now, I flew to touch it because I was not going to raise the money and ask people for money without... Did you lick it? haven't seen the property. Go ahead, David. Did you lick it? No. I have ne- I have not yet licked any of my properties.
0: Apparently, Jin thinks that's what we do.
2: Yeah. Well, you know... <laughs> you guys didn't I, read the book? It's in the book. It's in the book? <laughs> lick all of your properties. That's rule number three. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean... If you got a multifamily property, um, you know you need a really unbelievably good, reliable team, you know. Uh, but you can still do that long distance. I, I had that property nineteen. It, it, it wasn't till over a year later that I moved. Um, that I moved back and was near it. And even then, it's like I don't go there that much. And now <clears throat> I have <clears throat> I have more than one, and I don't go to them. And I live here. In fact, what, to your point about having single family homes, you're not going to see them. There's two properties here in town that I bought long distance that are within a 10 minute driving distance and I've never been to still I've never seen them in my life and they're 10 minutes up the road. It's like what difference does it make if I I don't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. There's a tenant in there. I can't get inside anyways. What's Yeah, we bought the we bought the hotel. We took over the hotel a month ago and I've never seen it. I think being close actually can act as a crutch for you to like have that like while well, I'm close, so I feel safer rather than learning how to deal with the stress of being long distance and learning how to manage people from a distance. If you can manage a property, a property manager, and an operation from long distance from the phone, that's, like an, un, that's an invaluable skill set. If you have to be there, you, now, you, now you've committed to non scalability.
0: Yeah, exactly. that's a very valid point. All right. So we have touched on, on two different occasions having a mentor. Everybody and their mother always asks, will you be my mentor or how can I find a mentor or whatever, right? So (laughs) talk to me about your two mentors. So I know one of them was through a course that you went through, Um, but talk to me through, and you mentioned the value, but kind of through how those mentorships came because on both occasions, you had to give value to get value. So
1: yeah. So, I mean, the first one was straight up cash, right? You want to be a part of this mentorship, you're going to have to pay. And so I paid into that. Right. Um, call it what you want mentorship. You can call it a educational course. You can call it a, uh, whatever. Right. I paid into it and I got incredible value out of it. Right. I got a wholesale deal out of it. And a lot of, a lot of education that basically set the foundation of my, my investing. Right. And so that was, that's one way, right. To find a mentor, um, just, into their programs, right? There's so many programs out there that you can pay into uh, for mentorship, right? For all of these different kinds of things, whether it be flipping houses or rentals or even like business, right? How to run a cleaning company, you can buy into mentorships like that, right? And so, um, yeah, that, that's one way, right? And then for CJ and I, um, we had a pre-existing relationship, right? As you know, like he 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 would hold his meetups out in in Capule in um, the UPS store, right? And he was he even back then when I first met him, like four or five years ago, um, he was all about cash flow, out of state cash flowing properties. He's always about it, right? And I was like, I want to do flipping because that's what everyone else is doing. So him and I, we just we just maintain contact, but I never, we never really worked together in a sense. Right. Like he never came with me driving for dollars or, you know, help me freaking do cold calling on Island or anything like that. So, um, but we just had a, a, just a friendship, right. A relationship and, um, that just developed over time. And, you know, um, I just love networking at the time. So him and I, um, whenever he had an event, I would go and like, do you want photos? Cause I I do photos. Like I got my camera here. Let me, let me take photos for you guys. Um, and then if I ever met someone else on Island looking for rentals, I was like, well, don't buy rentals here. You can't, I mean, you can, but, um, it's not a good idea, but let me tell you about someone else who is doing rentals on the mainland. And so I would send, I sent multiple referrals actually to CJ and they've been working together, right. In some capacity. And so by the time that, I had pivoted to Reynolds. Him and I, we've already had an established relationship. I have provided value wherever I could, not because I wanted something out of it, but because I just I just enjoyed his company, right? I wanted to do these things because I like him and and this family, right? And so that mentorship, I I didn't I didn't really seek it out. I was just like, yeah, I want to do Reynolds. What do you think? And then and then he offered me that Right. he's like, Oh, well, why don't you come invest with me? Um, I'll teach you everything you need to know about it. I was like, okay, sweet. And then on top of that, I was like, Hey man, your website website kind of sucks. And so I made a new, I made him a new website, right. Which was great. And then on top of that, I knew how to do video. Pro- when I came back to Island, it was great because they're, they're doing a whole a big media thing, big media push. And so doing a lot more photos, doing video right with them. And so, um, I was just constantly providing value in some way, right? Not specifically in the realm of real estate. I was providing value where they needed it, right? They needed some sort of marketing thing, um, marketing material, right? Social media posts, content, video content, uh, better website, you know, whatever I could do, I was providing this value. And then in exchange, you know, we, we had these weekly phone calls and, um, talking about what's going on. So, um, yeah, I mean there's so many different ways to find mentors, right? And um I guess to answer your question, either pay, <laughs> just pay for it, right? And but make sure you're paying for some like mentorship, right? From someone that's doing exactly what you want to do. That's like the key. Like you're not gonna, you're not, you don't want to pay some dude, uh a, a guru, if you will, about real estate investing. Um and he just talks about everything, right? You don't want to, if you want to go wholesaler, wholesale, right? You don't want to go to a flipping uh, men- mentor. If you want to do f- rentals, you don't want to go to a wholesaling mentor, whatever, right? So buying, finding the right mentor, right? Doing exactly what you want to do and then just pay for it. And then if, if it's not like they're not really offering like a, a paid to do or whatever mentorship, do whatever you can to help them out. They have pain points. Not like you, you're not going to help them out in in their real estate per se. They probably have that established, right? Because they're experienced. They they got that taken care of. But through casual conversation, I'm sure you can find out, right? What's going on? What are they looking for? How can I help, right? And so um, I found that whatever their pain points were, and I I fixed that, right? I, I addressed those pain points, and that was it. Jen. Few questions. I love that. That speaks to me. Few questions. What kind of um what kind of camera do you shoot? Uh right now I'm using a Canon 5D Mark 4. Oh.
2: That's a that's adorable. Are you going to get the <laughs> uh are you going to get the R5? I want the R5 so bad. So know, unbelievably I, bad. I know, right? I didn't you ha- don't you have the R5? I thought you had it. I'm shooting right now I'm you're shooting. looking at me through a through an R. Okay, that's what you had in DC, right? Yeah, so I've been rocking this since it was new, but th- that was the best mirrorless that Canon had at the time. Now they came with the R5. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm getting ready, uh, but it's a it's a hefty price tag for a guy who doesn't make money with cameras. But hang on, hang on, we have a third person who wants to talk.
0: <laughs> just I just <laughs> want to hear you say what lens.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> king jackass. Okay, so um, I tell David. Like I have this setup, right? You're looking at me on a, a Sigma 24 millimeter art, 1.4 art, great little lens, right? But it's an EF lens. So I'm on the I'm on the adapter. Mm-hmm. Okay. David, he tells me, he goes, he goes, dude, your setup looks so good. I want this kind of setup. How do I do? I said, go buy an EOS R. So he goes to buy ones. And then he's shooting it on a 50 millimeter. So it's a little, it's a little narrow for, for YouTube, right? So it looks too tight in the frame. So he goes, I need a wider lens. And I said, um, so he goes off and he buys the brand new RF 15 to 35. I love, I haven't shot it yet, but oh my God, I want it so bad. So one of us, one of us is a fairly somewhat professional photographer, videographer with a, with a, with a bunch of experience and knows how to use the camera. And the other one of us asked that person what to buy, spent the money. And now has a better looking, has, has a better, has a higher quality, uh, has a, has a higher uh uh value production product. And doesn't and know how to his, use it. And yet, and doesn't know how to use nothing. Yeah. Right.
0: So, <laughs> hey, autofocus, okay, so, baby, okay. the best autofocus yeah, yeah. on the market. Yeah.
2: He's just, yeah, he's just <laughs> like look pointed great. at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, anything, if any camera would look better if you weren't in the frame. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Jin, um, no, no, I love this. All right. So like, I talk about this all the time, like networking is, is, I don't like to actually say that it's a trade of value. I like to say that people like to invest in other good investments. So mm. if you can be a good investment for somebody, they'll take the time on you, right? Whether that means, hey, look, I'll, I'll buy, I'll give it to somebody, I'll take somebody out to, co- I'll take a younger person out to coffee and teach them if I think that that person, you know, is a worthwhile investment in my time. They don't always have to trade value, but trading value is a really easy way to get in. Now you say, well, somebody goes, well, I don't know anything about real estate. What can I teach them? And you made a great point where it's like, look, Life is not one dimensional. If your life is one dimensional, right? You need to expand. If you're like, I only have real estate and that's it. It's like, well, then you better be really good at it. But odds are you have other talents and you just don't know how to leverage them yet, maybe. So I have this camera, you have the camera. And I think you probably found what I did, which is like, it turns into a superpower because entrepreneurs are ego maniacs, And so it's like, <laughs> take a couple of good pictures of them. And they're like, oh, hang out all you want. I'll do whatever you teach you whatever you want. Two, this internet fad, I don't know if you noticed, is not going away, right? We're all three of us sitting here on expensive camera gear, on a podcast, doing videos well with, with fancy lenses. And people want, uh, they want content, they want pictures, they want video, they want high production quality, they want unique creativity. And what I've found is that business people aren't always that creative in, on, a, on average right? It's like you kind of good, like I'm actually below average at business and a little bit above average on creativity. But because my social circle is all business people and most of them have no creativity, it becomes a superpower for me. I'm I'm just trying to reiterate what you're saying. It's like, dude, find your superpower that's not related to real estate, that isn't real estate and bring it into the real estate world.
0: Hmm. I love that Alex just admitted on a recording that he's not good at business.
2: I said, I'm I mean, below average. I mean, you're not good. That's how I know <laughs> I'm pretty good
0: compared to you.
2: compared to you and I'm like, okay, I'm not bad. <laughs> I know where the
0: floor is on this thing. So I'm, you know, I'm somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Not creative, not a business guy. Just here. David, you're <laughs> unbelievable at marketing. Oh, I, I, wasn't that's a, a, I wasn't fishing, that's a, I appreciate it.
2: And that's a skill. And that's a skill set I don't have. So again, to, to the to Jin's point, like everybody has different skill sets. It's really important to find those and then and then leverage them to the things that you don't have. Because the other person, I'm terrible at marketing. If I could get link up with David to get to do, I could produce the content and David could disseminate it. We'd be a force to be reckoned with. But the same goes for um, whether it's like, hey, look, maybe you're really good at um, our organization and Excel. Maybe you're good at um, you know and numbers and or and finance and underwriting. Maybe you're good at um photography, videography, content, you know, um content production. Maybe you're good at um maybe you're good at writing. Maybe you're good at uh, you know operations and systems. Like everybody has different skill sets. So whatever that might be, find the person with the who needs that and fill that, you know, create that symbiosis. Like you can teach me real estate, but I
1: can teach you this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes like th- there's something about media, like you said, entrepreneurs, they, they want to be in the spotlight. Right. And if you have that skill, they'll bring you on. Right. So to, to a perfect example of that, actually, David, you sent me a post by uh, Brandon Turner. He was looking for someone to just edit videos. Right. And I was like, Whoa, that'd be, that'd be great to have to, to basically live in Brandon Turner's uh, spare unit and just edit video for him. And then just have unlimited access, right? That, that would be so like that incredible value, right? For any, anyone looking to invest. And so, right. If you have that superpower, first of all, I suck at editing videos. I hire someone else to edit my videos. Um, so I did not do it. Uh, (laughs) and so, um, if you had that superpower, imagine that it's like nothing to do with real estate, but you could have had a mentorship, right? some sort of the unlimited access to Brandon Turner of all people. So, yeah, f- find that superpower, whatever it is, and um, and you know make sure that that's something that they they want, right? And I think I think this whole media stuff is something that um, a lot of people are looking for. So, yeah,
2: yeah, and the other thing um, I'll add to that is like I'm I'm a I'm getting to be a pretty good photographer, not great, but I'm pretty good uh, compared to photographers compared to non photographers. I'm, I'm a I'm a magician. I'm amazing. <laughs> right. Um, but I guess my point is, it's like, I don't feel like I'm that good. So people to your point, right? Like people like, oh, I don't have any superpowers. It's like, no, you're probably really good at something and you don't recognize it. Cause it's easy for you. Cause it's your superpower. Mm-hmm. Somebody else is like, Oh my God, I couldn't do that to save my life. Right. I'll tell, I'll sit there and like, I have this little YouTube setup and this fancy thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's because color and depth and the way I structure the light and all these things. And it's like a big, it's not just camera equipment. It's like a, It's like a whole thing that I see and how it's designed with the shadows and, you know, and, you know, David has better equipment than me and he can't put it together because he doesn't see it that way. I'm not, I'm I'm not really busting David's chops on this one. I just mean like most people, right. You have an average, you have a YouTube setup, but it's like, I don't know how to control the light or create a composition. And so, um, you, you have to, what you, what you, your superpower might be something you don't think you're actually that good at. But you don't realize that everybody else is 10 times worse. And so, you know, ask your friends, like, what do you think I'm good at that I don't think I'm good at? What do you think yeah. I'm good at? What do you, When you think of me, What is? what do you think I'm good at that is a talent that maybe I'm underappreciating?
0: If they're a real friend, they'll tell you. But well, that's
2: a that's a that's a but they got That's a that's a super, that's Another superpower of mine that <laughs> I'll tell you everything you're bad at and everything, and, and then what's left is is your strengths. <laughs>
0: that's, that's valid. I can attest to that. But I mean, the bottom line yeah. is right. Like, it's got to be. It, it's like anything and everything in life. It's got to be an equal exchange of value right mm-hmm. you're either, you're paying for someone's time you're you're building a relationship with somebody you're providing something for them you're providing something with them you're you're a worthwhile investment where they know they're going to get something back out of you if they i mean that's a huge one and i've been told that by some i guess i don't want to say whales in the real estate space but by some pretty big guys in the real estate world where i finally asked like one or two of them like why you know i didn't have anything really to give you when we first started talking like why did you like why did why were we able to maintain a and it was like literally one of them told told me like well it's because when i told you you should try something you you did like and i've Mm -hmm. now that i'm on the other side of that coin i see how many people come to me for advice and i give them what i think they should do and then they like come back with like the same question and they didn't i'm like well why am i gonna keep giving you this mentorship if you like i'm not gonna do it for you sorry newsflash like you got pay me a lot more for that Mm -hmm."
1: yeah exactly and and that's that's another good point too, right? People are they're, they they're always like you said, people who come to you. <coughs> oh, can I? Can you be my mentor, right? Um, you gotta also realize that if you're on that side, like where you're looking for mentorship, you gotta be a good mentee, right? You can't you can't just be fishing for free advice and and just trying to take 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 and then not provide value back, right? And at the same time, if they've given you a smidget of information or or something, right? And you do nothing with it, they don't want to work with you. Let's be real. Right. Um, so you know, just goes to show like they don't want to work with anybody. They want to work with other people that they know are they're going to be confident that they're the worthwhile investment. Like, yeah, I, I gave him this little piece of information and he took it and ran with it. And, you know, I was like, okay, that's impressive. Right. And so I have another perfect example of that, right? So this guy named Alex Camacho, are you guys familiar with him? So he, he has someone on his team, right? Was basically begging Alex to be part of his team, right? And all he said was like, okay, here's, my, here's a little thing to my deal machine app. If you can give me like 20 properties in two weeks, then we'll talk. And this guy went out and did like a hundred and something in like a week. And that caught his attention, right? Like, imagine so you're you're trying to get mentorship or trying to get access to someone that is really successful, and they give you a little bit little bit of advice, like, "Hey, you go do this," and you don't do it. They're not going to work with you. They don't want to work with you. Uh, but if you do the exact opposite, right? Like just what you said, David. Like they they told you to do something, and you did it. That is already way be above and beyond what everyone else is when whenever you know they come to them, right? People coming to them asking for advice and then they don't do anything with it. Yeah, so don't,
0: don't be so naive to think that you're the only person asking them for advice if they're exactly successful enough that you're looking for it. Right. So you guys.
2: Also, um, I do that all the time. I put small barriers of entry to people uh, on purpose just to see um, small ones. And I don't, I can't think of any good examples right now. But um, you know, and I, and I know David does it too. So the people who are like, I need a mentor. It's like go ask somebody for something, and when they tell you to go do something recognize that it might be a test, right? Mm -hmm. So what I'll say is something like, sometimes like, go read this book and then get back to me. And then they go away. And it's like, bro, if you're not willing to give up a, read a book, I'm not willing to take my time on you. The flat out, the thing is, nobody's going to care about your success more than you. Mm -hmm. So whatever you're not willing to do, the next person is willing to do even less.
0: Yeah. One of mine is like, uh, a lot of my content was written around questions I get all the time. So like for prime example today, somebody was like, you know, I get this all the time, but like, Hey, I got some questions. I love your content, blah, blah, blah. You know, I got some questions about the VA loan. I'd love to pick your brain or I'd love to on a call. Or, I'd love to whatever. And a lot of those are very fruitful, but a lot of those are very like, come on, man. Like these are the questions you got, like you could have found this anywhere. Um, so now what I'll do is I'll just, I'll drop the link for my first, like my main VA loan post and I'll say, great. Hey, take a look at this, read through this. And then when you're done, whatever questions you have left, you know, shoot them over. Um, most people don't ever get back to me whether it's because they didn't read the post or the post answered all their questions, uh, great. But like, man, that saves me some some phone calls that would have been just repeating things that I spent hours writing, right? So like little little tiny things like that. Yeah, it might just be a test to see if you're actually, like if you're serious because, or another one, uh, like my Calendly. Hey, I have a intro call that I do, like a 50-minute intro call that I do every day of the week on my way to work, or I did, I don't anymore because I don't have that commute. So I don't know what that's gonna look like. Um, but on the Calendly link, it says that you need to call me. I don't, ha- I don't even have your number. If I wanted to call you, I couldn't. So you better call me. And if you don't, sorry, you missed your chance. You know? and, and if you don't message me before that saying you're not going to make it, like, and you, you weren't that serious. It wasn't that important to you. Yeah.
2: Jen, um, before we wrap up, what's next for you?
1: Oh man. Um, so for me, my goal is 10 properties this year, two down eight more to go. And so, um, there's that I am continuously networking, uh, raising more private funds, right? Cause I need, I want to take down eight more. I need more private funds. So I'm continuously networking, talking to people. And, um, that's in terms of real estate. Right. Um, I'm also moving back actually to Virginia. So that's that's on my plate but other than that I thought you're coming to North Carolina. Yes. So I it's still up in the air. So we have to find out. Bro, I need a videography buddy. Come on. <laughs> Come on universe. <you laughs> you know that that's why I was like, man, Fayetteville, you're in Fayetteville. Like that'd be great. I would, you know, find like a duplex or a quad to like house hack in and we would just go Basically, you know, make David jealous because now we're gonna go around freaking making videos and and doing all this fun stuff without him, right? So yeah, yeah. he'd be slowing I mean, us down anyways. We got actual talents. Let's go. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'll, no, I mean, I'll there is still the legs. possibility of me moving out to North Carolina. Um, just hasn't panned I out. I need yet. a
2: videography buddy and some real estate buddies. Let's go.
1: All right. I mean, we'll find out. It's I'm still a W tour, unlike you. Um, so I don't have the freedom to just do whatever I want willy nilly. So whatever, I'm still chained to this W2 job. I mean, the goal, the goal, the goal is to get out of it eventually. But, um, for now I'm going to, I'm going to stick with going back home to Virginia where my family and friends are. And then if they're like, Hey, we need you to go to Fayetteville. I'll be like, okay, I've got some friends down there let's go. But I don't, I don't find out till, uh, much later.
0: Damn. Some friends, you already know more people in Fayetteville than Alex does.
1: I mean, other other coworkers, if you will, right? Oh. <laughs> but no, Alex is probably the only real estate person I know personally, um, but I know he's well-networked out there. So I'm sure I'll, I'll meet plenty of other yeah. real estate investors. Just
0: show up and ask him for his um, little black book. You'll be good. He'll give it all to you. <laughs> all right. We got a couple questions we ask of for guest. Okay. First one, if an E1, E2... Was to ask you for advice on uh, real estate, business, life, whatever. Like, what's the one thing you wish you'd known when you joined the military?
1: Have it. Have a why. Like why? A why for everything? Right. For first of all, have a why for like life in general. Like, why are you even here? Right. And so that basically creates. Once you have this why, it creates this roadmap for the rest of your life. Right. And so think of it like a um, like a puzzle right? When you, if you've ever done a puzzle, we always, you have to use the picture that's on the freaking box, right? To know how to piece this crap together. Imagine if you didn't have that and you just had this, uh, this 1000 piece puzzle, not knowing what the heck it's supposed to look like. That's what people are going through in life. They're just like, oh, these two pieces fit together actually. So I'm going to put these two together. Oh this one fits too and then they look over here and these these other pieces fit together and they're going through life without this greater picture of where they want to be and so they they spin their wheels they um they're un, they're not you know they don't know what they're doing they're just like you said Alex right they're going day by day week by week and not caring about the 10 year 20 30 year picture and so my biggest piece of advice would be to have that why you find out what your goals are. Why you're doing anything in life? Why did you join the military? Why do you want to go and start investing in real estate? You know. So once you have that picture on the box, all you need to do is take those little puzzle pieces, right? Know your little action steps and freaking piece them together. Makes it super easy. So, um, dude, that's so
2: like. It sounds so rudimentary but really it is. It's people are just they're they're winging life and then they're like, "Oh, it didn't go my way." It's like, "You don't know what your way. It could have been anything. If you have no <laughs> if you have no big plan or no, you know, goals, no real goals, not a month to month goal or like, a, "Oh, I want to fix my money problem." It's like, "No, no, no, no." You know, like you got to get the big why and then everything you do, everything you do falls under that purpose. And then it's like, "Now everything everything I do is aligned with one you know, or maybe it doesn't have to be one, but you know, a singular uh, uh one or two to three, but usually one big goal, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. this is what I'm this is where I'm moving. So now all my decisions have a have a similar pu- purpose. I love that.
0: I like the puzzle analogy too. All right, yeah, uh, that was really good. Resource. What's one good resource? Course, website, book, whatever that you would recommend to anyone getting into real estate investment.
1: Oh man. Um for this is like beginners, right? And I'll I just tell them to go to bigger pockets. Um, that's where I started, right? Um, right before I got on on ship on the 31st Mew, I downloaded all the free ebooks that they had, right? As long as you signed up for an account, got like three free ebooks, and then I was like, Well, this is not enough. So I went ahead and bought uh, a couple more more ebooks, right, for me to read on ship. And that's what really sparked my interest in real estate. Um that's how I found out all the different ways you can go through real estate. There, there's flipping, buy and hold, wholesaling, notes, whatever, right? Get your basic foundation and then figure out from there where you want to go and then just pick one and go with it. So, um, if uh, the best resource, I think, in my opinion, is, is bigger pockets, right? They have good content, the books are good, and that'll give you your, your foundational knowledge, right? of real estate investing as a whole. Then from there, you can pick and choose what strategy you want to take and then find that mentor that's doing exactly what you want to do in that same exact market, whatever, you know, like really hone in on, on finding that mentor and then focus on that. So yeah.
0: I like it. Where can people get a hold of you, brother?
1: Uh, Instagram. Honestly, I don't, I don't really use anything else. Um, I do Facebook just because, you know our mastermind is on there, um, a lot of uh, investor-related groups on Facebook. So that's the only reason I still have a Facebook account. But Instagram is what I use the most. I'll post there all the time, right? Stories, new posts, whatever. So uh, follow me at Jin Y Lim underscore. Why there's an underscore is because some jerk took Jin Y Lim, so I had to add an underscore. Um, <laughs> so
0: yeah. All right, and then I have one other question that I don't ask on every show, but I meant to ask earlier on in this show. Um, so you got ten seconds—super short, super brief answer. Fire round, whatever. How in the world do you know what a property is going to rent for from across the ocean?
1: Oh man, you got to use uh, tools online. I use a tool called Rentometer. I'm sure everyone has heard of it. Uh, has heard of it. Um, it's just the tool to use, right, for for finding rent comps. So. Uh, Rentometer—it's super cheap, ninety-nine bucks a year. If you're if you're going to do multiple rentals, right, it's totally worth it. If you're going to do one, find someone who has an account, pull your rental account, uh, rental comps. But um, if you're going to do multiple, be a serious investor. Then get that pro account, and you get some real good data in terms of uh, finding what that property is going to rent for. So,
0: and obviously, that was the show sponsor, Rentometer, for the entire month. And uh, Alex and I have. Although we have the sponsor shot slots, we've meant to like work that conversation into uh this episode and I completely forgot about it. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Alex has no words. Look at that, he's speechless, sometimes, everybody. Sometimes I feel
2: bad for um, you know, busting on you so bad on your own show, and then you say things, and I feel validated. <laughs> <You're all> just- <laughs> Oh, man. You didn't bring it up either. Uh, Randometer rocks. I love Rendometer. It helped me out a ton when I was long distance. Um, I
0: use it all the time. I love Rendometer. Yeah, same, absolutely. So, Jin, always a pleasure catching up, brother. And when you uh, make it back to Virginia, you know, when you decide to go visit your properties in KC, hit me up. So you know, we'll we'll hang out. We'll we'll make Alex jealous too. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and
2: come to come to Fayetteville.
1: Yeah, we should. We should all go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just
1: Wait, it. David's not invited. <laughs> David, I'm reviving your, your meetup tomorrow. So I'll be, I'll be sending you a photo.
0: Um, yeah. making you
1: jealous, right? And the OG spot at Kailua Beach Park. Hey,
0: you so, told me if I let you publish it in my Facebook group, you were going to Photoshop me into that photo.
1: That's right. I'm just I'm just going to make you huge. You're just going to be the entire
0: background. <laughs> Perfect. All right. It's been a good one. Thank you very much for joining us, brother. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from military dot com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.